Our text for today come from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13, and then Colossians, chapter 2, verses 6 through 19. We'll begin with the Gospel of Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus told them, when you pray, say, Father, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who has wronged us. And do not lead us into temptation. He also said to them, imagine that you are that one of you has a friend and you go to that friend in the middle of the night. Imagine saying, friend, loan me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has arrived and I have nothing to set before him. Imagine further that he answered from within the house, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are, and I are in bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I assure you, even if he wouldn't get up and help because of his friendship, he will get up and give his friend whatever he needs because of his friend's rashness. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and a door will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives. Whoever seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door is opened. Which father among you would give a snake to your child if the child asks for a fish? If the child asks for an egg, would the what father would give the child a scorpion? If you, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And now from Colossians 2, 6 through 19. So live in Christ Jesus the Lord in the same way you received him. Be rooted and built up in him, established in faith, and overflow with thanksgiving just as you were taught. See to it that nobody enslaves you with philosophy and foolish deception, which conform to human traditions and the way the world thinks and acts rather than Christ. All the fullness of deity lives in Christ's body, and you have been filled by him who is the head of every ruler and authority. In him you are also circumcised with circumcision not administered by human hands. The circumcision of Christ is realized in the stripping away of the whole self dominated by sin. You were buried with him through baptism and raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead because of the things you had done wrong and because your body wasn't circumcised, God made you alive with Christ and forgave all the things you had done wrong. He destroyed the record of what the debt we owed and with its requirements that worked against us. He canceled it by nailing it to the cross. When he disarmed the rulers and the authorities, he exposed them to public disgrace by leading them in a triumphal parade. So don't let anyone judge you about eating or drinking or about a festival, a new moon, observance, or Sabbaths. These religious practices are only but a shadow of what was coming. The body that casts the shadow is Christ. Don't let anyone who wants to practice harsh self-denial and worship angels rob you of prize. 
They go into detail about what they have seen in visions and have become unjustifiably arrogant by their selfish way of thinking. They don't stay connected to the head. The head nourishes and supports the whole body through joints and ligaments, so the body grows with a growth that is from God. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. There is a meme that I have seen on Facebook. And of course, there are many, but this one goes like this. Buddha was not a Buddhist. Jesus was not a Christian. Mohammed was not a Muslim. They were teachers who taught love, and love was their religion. Now, there is something about those phrases that at least on a surface level sound nice to hear. But the thing is, if you think about it, you realize in some ways it doesn't make any sense. Yes, most of the world's religions do teach love, and they teach how we should love. And yes, people like the Buddha like the prophet Muhammad, and like Jesus, were motivated by love. But if you really understand the faiths, if you really understand how they operate in our world, you would know that each faith is a worldview. And that worldview influences the entire life of a person. And because they are each a different worldview. They are very different from each other in how they see the world. No, Jesus was not a Christian in the sense that we would know. But Jesus also did not preach a generic gospel of love. Jesus was a Jew. And as I said, he was not preaching a generic gospel. But he did preach a gospel that fulfilled Jewish Hebrew scripture. Jesus was born and died because of love, but it wasn't just to be a nice person that does nice things. As the Apostles' Creed says, we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, who died and was raised again on the third day. Every faith in the world is unique. And I'm not saying, and, and this is not me trying to denigrate other faiths. It is simply me saying each faith is unique. And with Christianity, the centrality of our faith is Christ. It is in Christ that God made God's home with us to live with us to die for us and to raise again so that God might be with us forever. Now recently I was at a workshop um, and it was about kind of church revitalization and church renewal and there was a story a story about a church in the American South that has been kind of revitalized. As I said when this uh, pastor came this church was still very much turned in on itself, though it was 
starting to see that it needed to have a new way of looking at things. And so they started to really connect to the surrounding community. They started to do events, events like feeding kids in the neighborhood or doing other things, especially in this area, which was had a lot of poor, especially poor Hispanic children to help in that area. And you could see that there was vibrancy in the church. And I was excited about this and was ready to find out what did they do and how could we take that home? That was until someone asked the question. Like I said, I was writing things down. I was wanting to know how this could be used here at First Christian. I was pumped and I was ready to go. But then someone noticed there had, was a lot of outreach and no one said that that was bad. In fact, they said it was very good, but they were interested in seeing that there wasn't much in the way of say, and there was some worship, but wasn't much in a way of either a Sunday school or a Bible study. And the pastor admitted that they had not really at that point focused on it. But what was interesting in how she answered the question, it didn't seem that this was not anything that they were planning on doing. They were focused very much on outreach, and that is important and necessary as a church. But it was without any kind of inreach to help us to grow spiritually. There is a move, and I have noticed this very much, of churches revitalizing. Because of course we are in a culture now where it is not something that we just all understand what it is to be Christians. The kind of cultural Christianity that may have once existed in the, in the 50s and the 60s no longer exists. So the move now is that the church has to get out of the building, has to be involved in the community. This is necessary if churches are to adapt to the 21st century. The drawback sometimes is that sometimes when we do this, this move is to not to kind of move without really building up our own faith. And so that the message that unfortunately is carried out is that what really matters is to be good and loving, but not to really carry on the faith. The thing is, is that it is important that we are loving people. It is important that we are good people. But what happens when we aren't loving? Because, let's face it, most of us, I know I am, can be a jerk at times. What happens when people treat each other horribly? Because let's face it, we are not always loving. We are not always showing anyone that love is our religion. And how do we do all this? Especially in how does this respond to evil that is in the world? We might think that love is our religion, but at times, we have to realize we can be nasty, we can be mean, we can be 
nasty and mean you-know-whats. So what is religion all about? What is our faith all about? And why does it matter? In today's text, Paul is continuing his letter to the church in Colossae. And here it is about the central nature of Christ. Not simply as a model for good living, but for something so much more. Paul is writing to express the gospel and to dispel what might be heresy or things that are not the gospel. In this reading, it never focuses on what could be the quote-unquote heresy that is happening here. We don't know. But Paul does want to make sure that people know what the faith is all about. As Paul says in verses 6 and 7 of our our, um, passage today, so live in Christ the Lord, Christ Jesus the Lord, in the same way that you have received him. Be rooted and built up in him. Be established in the faith and overflow with thanksgiving, just as you were taught. Paul is calling the church in Colossae and toward the end to us to be rooted in Christ Jesus, to be planted in the living faith, and the result of being rooted is that we will overflow, we will flower in thanksgiving. And that is expressed in acts of justice and mercy to others. The theme for the recently concluded um, 2019 General Assembly of the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, was based on John 15, 1 through 5. And the theme was simply, abide in me. Abide means to remain in Christ, to stand firm, to be rooted in Jesus. See to it that nobody enslaves you with philosophy and foolish religion and foolish deception, which conforms to the human traditions and the way the world thinks and acts rather in Christ than Christ, Paul says. The danger that the church faces, and it doesn't matter whether we are liberal or conservative, is that we are always attempted to conform to the ways of the world and the ways of the world is a sense that we need to do something. We need to do something that can make us worthy. But that is not what Christ calls us to. Christ and Paul is saying that we are to be rooted and rooted in the crucified and risen Christ, the one that died for us. Paul then says that we are called then to live ethically. But we live ethically in a way that claims that Jesus and Jesus alone is Lord. Our baptism, no matter when we were baptized, when it was as a baby or later on as a child or as an adult, whether we were sprinkled, whether we were dunked, it reminds us of what God has done in Christ and how we have been raised to new life in Jesus. And because of that, 
that is how we live differently. Part of the problem today in the modern church is that we get things backwards. We want the flowering before we are rooted. We think that if we do good things, then God will be pleased with us. But that is not what grace is all about. We get caught up in doing the faith instead of being in the faith. For Christians, that doesn't make sense. We do work of justice, not to say that love is our religion, but it's because of the flowering of the faith that we are rooted in. Because we are rooted in Christ, in what Christ has done for us, that we engage in justice because of the grace that Christ has shown us. Love is not our religion. Our religion is based on a person, Jesus Christ. When I was in college, in my senior year in college, um, I was part of a religious group or church group, and we went on spring break to the north side of Chicago. And we spent that week there as a part of Uptown Baptist Church. It was a Southern Baptist congregation that was very much involved in the heart of that community. And they were working in various ways to be involved in social justice to help the impoverished people in that area. Whether it was dealing with um, trying to help um, single mothers or to help women or to help children, they were all engaged in various ways there. One of the interesting things, though, of all of that, and we took part in many of the different um, activities there, was what happened on Sunday morning. On Sunday morning, it was there were people there, and it was truly a multicultural community, people of, of different backgrounds and different races who came together and as they like to say they had church there was a praising of God and, a, and giving of thanks these were people who knew what God had done in Jesus and what God had done in their lives and they were now and through their works of justice they were now living as if Jesus was Lord because he was. Love, as important as it is, is not our religion. But Christ surely is. So how are we living as if this is true? Thanks be to God. Amen.